We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Types and kinds of churches and maybe the environment here is different than the way you were raised. You know, I mean, and it's okay, it's okay. And uh, maybe the praise and worship is a little bit too much but let me just let me just do what i can to explain it to you some of these folks know what it's like to be bound some of these people know what it's like to be addicted to be in literal handcuffs and shackles and behind bars and someone else and when you walk into his house and we know that he brings true freedom. It's hard to sit still. It's hard to be quiet. Now some folks said, well, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the quiet type though, Pastor. You just don't understand. I'm real quiet. Those of you that like football, here a little later, win or lose, you'll be in front of some screen screaming at the Cowboys and the Patriots. It'll happen. And then we'll know that that whole story about you being the quiet type is just simply not true. You're just quiet when it comes to praising the one that saved you. Amen. Amen. There's a little song, and I'm going to sing a little portion of it. Uh, I'm not going to try to get the choir to join in with me. And this is unrehearsed. Sister Beckham is not prepared. Her heart just went into double time because she knows I can mess some stuff up real quick. But I want you to know this is, this is how we feel about you today, no matter who you are or where you came from. All right? We don't care who you are, where you came from, how much money you got. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. Anything about you or your past there's an old song that was sung that was brought to us in the early 80s, I believe. And it said this. It said, You can call yourself a Baptist and not be born again. A Presbyterian or a Methodist and you can still die in your sins. You can even be a Pentecostal Shout and dance and jump a pew But if you hate your brother You won't be one of the chosen few Oh, it won't be a Baptist That's sitting on the throne A Presbyterian or a Methodist That's calling us home And it won't a Pentecostal that plays that trumpet tune so let's all just live for Jesus because he's coming back real soon yeah the, the first verse to that said well, old Buddha was a man, and I'm sure that he meant well. 
And I pray for his disciples Lest they wind up in hell And I'm sure that old Muhammad Well, he thought he knew the way But it won't be a Hare Krishna We stand before on the judgment day So all I want you to know is you worship to the best of your ability. All right? If that's sitting there with a nod, that's fine. If you decide to get up and say, that's right, that'll be in order. If you start a victory march, that'd be okay. Just ever what you feel in order, in decency, you do it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you all. Even though I don't know you, you're my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Every single one of you. And I'm honored that you're here today. And we are going to eat like kings. I'm telling you, we're going to eat like kings when this is over. And uh, so I know I'm standing between you and that. And so... Uh, I'm, I'm being real cautious about the time. Thank you, singers. If you can find a seat, you can go be seated, or you can stay right there where you're at either way. Amen, 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 amen. We do have a lot of people out traveling today, and uh, I could name a lot of names, but I do want to name just one family that we're so excited about today for where, they're, for where they are at, uh, the Spurgeons. Uh, their their son graduated the Naval Academy, and uh, we're proud of him. And uh, a boy right out of our youth group, and uh, and he is leading his class. And so we are we are so so proud of him. Amen. God bless you again. Glad you're here. We're going to get right into the word. Right now, when service is over, you just go across to the gym. We'll get in a line. Our guests and elders will be first to eat. And so if you're an elder guest, you're in real good shape. Hey, Amen. I mean, that puts you right up there. I mean, of course, Brother Darling. Brother Darling, raise your hand. He'll be, the, he'll be the beginning of the line, even though he's a homeboy. He's 92 years old. And he leads the line. Amen. Amen. That's the way we do it. Amen. God bless you. We're going to the book of John, St. John, chapter 3. We're going to read seven verses there. And really, all, all jokes and all fun aside for a few moments, I am truly honored that you're here today. You drove by a lot of churches to get here. And I know maybe you came with a friend or or uh, whatever reason that you came here today. I believe that the Lord saw this day and you have some needs here today. And your friend that invited you didn't invite you to just come and sit. They invited you to come and be blessed. Amen. To be better than you were when you got here. Amen. We're going to read John 3. We're going to read seven verses. And we'll stop for just a few moments and pause after the first Verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, before we continue this short passage, 
just make this mental note that this man named Nicodemus that is coming to Jesus at night, we'll read in a few moments. He's a Jewish leader. He's a Pharisee. He's a man educated in the old Jewish law, and uh, he's strongly opposed to the man Christ Jesus and the following that has started behind him and who people are declaring that he is. And uh, this man comes to Jesus at the, in the night for spiritual answers. He's supposed to know them all. He's not supposed to be anybody any more educated. But he comes to Jesus in the night for answers. And let's read on. The same, or the man, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't see the kingdom. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And apparently this shocked Nicodemus a little bit. Must have been some kind of look on his face. And Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must That's not a suggestion. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. And I want to preach to you on this thought. This first day of October 2023. The God of another chance. The God of another chance. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. I ask you to bless us, touch us all. Let us speak truth. Let us hear it. Let us understand it. And let us respond to it. Let us be blessed by it. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In your matchless name, Jesus Christ, we pray. And let's just love him one more time according to how you feel about him. Before you see it, just love him. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. So this man comes to Jesus at night. He's a spiritual man. He's he's a teacher. He's supposed to already have all the answers. He's already in spiritual debate. He already knows the Old Testament. He does not like the gathering and the following that Jesus is, uh, is getting, but he recognizes that Jesus speaks to the wind and to the waves and to the deaf and to the lame, and every time he speaks, things change. And so it's in the dark time. There's all kinds of debate about the day, but my opinion is that Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark because he didn't want to be seen by anybody else. I believe he was sneaking in to get some answers. I believe he was sneaking in 
to meet with Jesus and talk with Jesus. And so Jesus makes a, a response to him that uh, probably shocks his conscience because when we read 7, uh, apparently the, the guy's marveling at, at what Jesus has just said. And marvel's not always a good word when it works against your theology. It's not. And so he said, don't be so shocked. Don't, don't, don't be so surprised that I told you you must be born again. Well, this type of thing had never been discussed. How is a man born again? This is what Nicodemus says. He said, how can, how can I be born again a second time? Uh, uh, go into my mother's womb and, and, and come out? I mean, I don't know how to, how to do that. You've got to explain. And so Jesus goes on a little further and he says, you've got to be born again of the water. The water is the word hodor right there. It's the same thing that Jesus turned into wine. It's the th same thing that was parted at the Red Sea. It's the same thing that uh, uh, the Old Testament uh, leaders would have to be, uh, Naaman would have to dip in. It's, it's just water. It's, just, it's very simple. Our baptistry is full of the same thing Jesus is talking about. It's nice and warm and circulating back there. And it says that uh, Jesus told him, he said, you got to be born again of the water. you got to come out of the water again. Watch this. Just like you broke forth from your mother's womb, the water broke, and then you came and there was life. He said, it's going to have to happen again for you to see the kingdom and then for you to be in the kingdom. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. You must be. Not only of the water, not just you baptize and that settles it. But Jesus said, you got to be born again of the water and the spirit. What is that? You're going to be born with a new nature. You're going to have a new spirit. That spirit is going to be that of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost or of new wine or of fresh fire. You're going to have the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ promised to you once you have done that. That's Bible. That's, 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 that's Bible. And he says, you are going to have a new start. Nicodemus, if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to have another chance. <laughs> You've been born once, and I'm telling you now, you hadn't done enough to be saved. That's what Jesus tells Nicodemus. He said, you're going to have to do more. You're going to have to be born of the water, and you're going to have to be born of the Spirit. The first time, he says, to see the kingdom. The second time, he says, to enter the kingdom. So, We've got to understand something. Jesus makes a very clear and valid point here. The old man flesh sinner, the first man, Adam, if you will, he's not going to make it to heaven without a new birth experience. That comes from the voice of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit to go to heaven. Oh, what's this. You're going to have to have another chance you're gonna have to have another opportunity that first birth is not enough Nicodemus everybody got that so in about 2009 when I was pastoring in Cachetta Louisiana maybe maybe 2010 somewhere along in there well actually I wasn't even in there in Cachetta yet uh, I bought this book and uh it was a uh it was a pretty, a pretty incredible book, I thought. I thought it would be something that I could teach uh, out of the Bible, uh, a Bible study, and it would be good for people. 
And uh, its title, when I was reading through some various uh, Bible studies and such at the store, this place I was shopping, uh, I was looking for this uh, particular something to just jump off the shelf. I had tried everything people had told me about. And uh, I come across this book that was written by uh, best-selling author uh, Ken Blanchard. He writes a lot of uh, spiritual books. Some of you may uh, know him or have read some of his uh, his books or his writings, and and he joined up with a a Christian professional golfer by the name of Wally Armstrong, and together they wrote this Bible study. Since then, I, I learned uh, just recently that uh, uh, Pat Boone, uh, a, a man I'm not certain of, of what all his connections are. I, mean, I know who he is. He's a popular fellow, but uh, I'm not certain about his spirituality. But uh, Pat Boone co-starred and produced a uh, what is called a somewhat of a low-budget but very effective Christian-based movie. Uh, bearing the name of this Bible study. And the name of the Bible study and the name of the movie are both called The Mulligan. The Mulligan. Has anybody in here played golf? I'd just like to see your hand. Oh, there's a few that's played some golf in here, maybe 20. And so uh, in golf, the Mulligan is your best friend. (laughs) Oh, we're going to preach right here. And so... uh, our message today will uh, a little bit go along with uh, just kind of living on a mulligan. Just kind of live. I know some people that I've played golf with before that uh, every shot needs a mulligan. What is a mulligan? Well, here's how it came to be. The story, there's, there's various versions, but the story that's most widely accepted because uh, of the way that it happened, the way history wrote it is... Uh, He is a gentleman named David B. Mulligan, and he played at St. Lambert Country Club in Montreal for uh, all through the 20s, and uh, there's a a couple of versions of his story, but the most widely believed story was that Mr. Uh, Mulligan was a a hotelier. He, uh, the first half of the century, was part owner and manager of the Biltmore Hotel in New York City, as well as several large Uh, Canadian hotels but uh, the most widely trusted story about how this golf shot took on his name is David Mulligan played uh, a whole lot of golf with a group of friends at St. Lambert's Country Club and this particular morning he he was driving in and uh, Mr. Mulligan had gone through a very uh, rough patch in life it had been a tough stretch he had made some poor choices he had had some longtime friends do things to him that uh, weren't in order and he was very frustrated and bothered and uh, he, he, he didn't wake up on time, he'd been up most of the night and he, he rushes down uh, to the country club there at uh, St. Lambert's and he, he, he gets there and he's frustrated and he, he gets out of his, his, his vehicle and he takes his golf clubs and he rushes to the first tee because he's late, his friends are already waiting, they've already let some groups play he's dishuffled, he's not uh, completely all put together like a, normally as a, as a sharp businessman that he was and uh, it's, it's his time to hit a ball, he hadn't got to practice he hadn't went to the driving range he hadn't been on the putting green. He doesn't get to do anything at all except just walk straight up there and hit the ball. I've been that guy before. That's a frustrated individual. 
And uh, so he just goes right there and he hits a ball. And, and history says of this particular day that uh, this was in the mid-20s that he, he hit a long, straight, beautiful, I, I mean just, just a, a tremendous shot. The problem is the hole was a dog leg left. Went down and turned left and he hit it so straight and so pure. And hit it right in the screws. I mean it was just straight right down the middle and as the green the fairway turns uh, Mr. David Mulligan's ball goes straight out of bounds he doesn't say a word to anybody he's cussing mad he's he's frustrated he's bothered he reaches down pulls another ball out of his pocket tees it up hits it down the middle turns it left a little bit starts to walk off well this is not the gentlemanly thing to do because after all, this is a competition sport. It's us versus you, and you're cheating. They said this is not right. But they recognized the situation he was in. Life had dealt him a tough hand. Woo, I feel a preach coming on. Situations had really put Mr. Mulligan in a bad way. His friends and his family, even, even the drive there, history says in his old early days, 20s automobile, he hit a railroad tie and had some issues on the way. He's had a bad morning. They know this. They know what's going on. And he doesn't ask. He doesn't do anything. He pulls a ball out of his pocket, teases up, hits a nice draw around the corner and goes on his way. Well, they didn't stop him. He said, that's a correction shot. They said, a correction shot. He said, that's a correction shot and took off walking. Nobody said anything to Mr. Mulligan, but they did when they got back to the clubhouse. They said, a correction shot. That's not, that, that, that doesn't seem right. That, we got to put something to that. And they said, that shot that Mulligan hit out there, what are we going to call that shot? Somebody said, let's just call it a Mulligan shot. They said, well, how are we going to incorporate that into the game? And they said, it's when you need another shot that you don't have. <laughs> oh, watch this right here. I want to preach about this for a little bit, about this mulligan. I want to preach about living in the life and with a God of another chance because there's some people in this building today Life hadn't been all that fair to you. Your husband hadn't done you right. Your wife hadn't always been the right one and faithful to you. Your children may not be behaving themselves. Your finances may be on the collapse and there may be some very serious issues. I want you to hear me right now that you walked into a building today that believes in the God of another chance and a shot that you wouldn't otherwise earn or deserve. But God showed up here today God showed up here today to give you a chance that you don't have. Here's what I learned about a mulligan. Here's what I learned about it. Somebody said, well, if we're going to use it, we're going to have to put some rules to it. The USGA and the PGA and the LPGA still do not recognize a mulligan as an official shot. But there are some courses around that will say if you, if you play with a mulligan, here's how it must be. You cannot take it like Mr. Mulligan did. 
You cannot take it. You can't just decide on any given moment when you get another chance. But the people playing with you, if they love you enough and care enough about you and respect you enough, they will throw you another ball and say, here, take a mulligan. I want somebody to listen to me preach. You don't have the ability to save yourself, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You can't settle the addiction. You can't break the chains. You can't settle the marriage. You can't get the kids to come home. But God can pull a mulligan out. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching right now. You need the God of another chance. Pastor, I don't know what to do. I wasn't raised in church. That's okay. Get born again. Pastor, you don't understand. I've never felt it, but it's time to be born again. I wasn't born in the church. Daddy didn't take us to church. I never even knew my daddy. Maybe even never even knew my mother. Here's my, here's my preaching point to you today. We believe in this house. No matter who you are, where you came from, how many times you've been arrested, how many days you served, who raised you, what title, what side of town you came from, how much money you got, what language you speak, what the tone of your skin, what religion you were raised, if any at all. Sometimes we need God to just say, here, have another chance. He showed up on this Sunday morning to say, have another chance, take another opportunity. Somebody hear me right now what I'm preaching to you. There's some people that heaven or hell may be in the balance today. You've heard God preached as a judge always. But I want you to know that he's not sitting in the seat of judgment today. He's still making mercy new every morning. And his grace still abounds. Much more where sin abounds is his grace. He showed up today to offer you another shot. He showed up today to offer you another opportunity. He showed up today to call you by name. Brother David, come help me. Oh, you may have to pull that jacket off. Children, we don't play and run and cut up in church. And we definitely don't hit golf balls. This is all for the sake of the message. Oh, just come up here. Just come right up here. Here, just, just, just stand about. Well, you know, just, just kind of so they can see you. Just kind of stand about. But Brother Mason, you might want to slide right over there for a second. Right over there, because I've got a bad feeling about this. Just, just, just kind of see if you can just chip one. Now, y'all, these are Nerf balls. If it hits you right square in the forehead, you're not going to know it. But just, 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 just chip one right over there. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. You ready now? I don't, it, I don't think you're standing right to hit one right there. That's going to be a mistake. Yeah, that's left. That's out of bounds. What are you doing? No, you're not. Only if I tell you, you can. See, but I love you enough, and you're my son-in-law, and you're willing to stand up here and be red-faced in front of these people not knowing what the plan is. 
that I'm going to let you hit another ball because it's a mulligan. And I don't want them to see you hit a terrible one in front of that set. I want you to hit right, right, right there. Right there. Right there. Hey, great shot, but it went through the fairway. It's out of bounds. It's in a pond. Now you're hitting three. Unless the God that loves you. There went that marriage. There went that bankruptcy. There went that addiction. You're back on that old cocaine again. You're back to the bottle again. You're back pulling down the whiskey by the bottle. But God. But God. He pulled another chance out of a nail-scarred hand. Oh, oh, look at there. Hey, just throw it right back up here. See, that was terrible. 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 Now, you just stay right there. Just be, you're done. You hit two bad ones and one good one, you don't deserve any golf courses. See, that's how people think about their spiritual life. Well, I went to church for a couple of years and I failed God. I went to church and my marriage ended. I went to church and I fell back in my old ways. I went up and got baptized and repented of my sins and I turned my back on God and I quit living for him. I come to tell you on this Sunday afternoon that God came to give you a mulligan. He came to give you another shot at this thing called us. I'm preaching better than you're acting. Somebody ought to stand to their feet and say, God, if you'll lead me to an opportunity, I will take it. Come on. You're back to treating her like you used to treat her. You're back to talking to him like you used to talk to him. You're treating the children like you've always treated them. It's time for you to have a fresh start, an infilling of the spirit of the Lord most high. It's time to be born again of the water and of the spirit. It's time to have the God of another chance. Where's them other two shots at? She can throw better than you can hit. Hey, now watch. He's done one right after his first failure. And then he came back wrong again. See, some of us live our life like that. We go for a little while and we commit our lives to God. We recommit to our family. We go to some counseling or we do something. We get things right. We put things in order and, and, and we get things in order financially and, and start getting our body health-wise. Try to get the, you know, all of that matters. He's not just a God of spirit, but he's a God of, of spiritual and physical and emotional and relational and financial. He's a God of it all. And he's got the power to issue a mulligan on any of it. So you failed in business. From a nail-scarred hand drops another opportunity. You see, I play golf with some guys, and they hit a bad ball, and they say, I'm going to take a mulligan. They hit another bad one and say, well, I'm going to take a mulligan. Here's the thing, folks. You can't take salvation. The Bible said the infilling of his spirit is a gift. 
It's the greatest gift known to mankind. You can't take it. He's going to give it to you. You can't just go rip it out of the bag and say, I'm going to take this. No, you'll follow the proper procedures of repentance and baptism and be filled with his spirit and he'll give you another. All right. All right. So you're back. Line it up. Take another shot. Here it is. It's life. Right down the middle. You may hit this one right. Do it again. Watch this. Let's see here. Can he hit two in a row? His sister-in-law caught it. Just hit one more. Don't hit a guess. We don't need a lawsuit. (laughs) They'll declare it was real. Oh, hey. See, you know what happened? Thank you. We let him hit that last ball after he hit that bad one. Somebody hear me right now. Only God can walk into your life and give you a restart. Only God can hit the easy button. Only God can say, you messed it all up, son. You messed it all up, daughter. But I came on this Sunday morning to give you a fresh opportunity to start the game of life over again. Born brand new of water and of spirit with a new life and a new hope and a new future. I wish if you believe in him at all, you'd just stand to your feet and say, thank you, Lord, for your grace that gives me the opportunity just to be in your presence. Acts 19, 1 through 6. You can be seated if you want to. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, disciples, they were believers. Somebody said they were believers. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? See the word Holy Ghost. Let me just stop right there. It scares a few people. I've explained it lots of times and it's so simple. People don't like that word. They say, ooh, 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 that's something. I don't, I don't really like that. Holy means it's 100% dedicated to God. That's what the word holy means. God's and God's alone. A ghost is an unseen spirit. Simply means the unseen spirit of God that's perfect and holy. Whoever don't want that... I don't know a Christian that believes they can go to heaven without the Spirit leading them. That's the same thing Paul's talking about right here. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. See, that revival, him as a missionary, it hadn't made it to their parts yet. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? If you don't know nothing about the Holy Ghost, how were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism... Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. What happened? When Paul laid his hands on them, the Lord Jesus handed them a mulligan and said, Here is your brand new start. Here's your opportunity. Live for me. Trust me. Believe in me. Be a part of my kingdom. Somebody ought to praise him right now. 
Somebody that's been bound by substance in the past, you ought to praise him. Somebody that's been bound to alcoholism, you ought to praise him. Somebody that's been bound in an abusive relationship, you ought to thank him right now for an opportunity to be in his presence, the God of a mulligan. I wonder if there's a few people. I, I, don't, I don't need long, Sister Beckham. Whenever you're ready, you can come. I just wonder if there's some people that you've been bound before in the past. And you're not ashamed. I'm the first one standing. You're not ashamed to say he's the God of another chance. See, I'm not ashamed to tell you that there's a number of our musicians and singers and choir uh, uh, participants that have had to serve time under the prison system for for white-collar crimes and drug-related crimes. But you know what happened? They walked into the church, and the altar drew them to a place of love where they fell down on their knees and repented of their sins. They were baptized in the waters. Woo! of renewing and the Lord raised them up and offered them another chance maybe you fit in one of those categories today maybe mom and daddy left you maybe nobody wanted you maybe everybody abandoned you oh let me, let me talk to somebody right here I feel something deep there's some people in this building today oh I feel this you felt abandoned as a child you had to raise yourself in the tough streets You made some poor choices. Mama wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. Grandma was there, but never was privy to really what you were doing. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in there right now. You basically raised yourself. It caused you to come in contact with the laws and with drugs and alcohol and street gambling and rage which later led you to multiple men, multiple women, multiple situations. Mother's Day, Father's Day is a confusing time. How do we get them here all together? Is this our year? Somebody hear me right now. Is this our time? So many mistakes were made. I don't get a new life, I only get one. Don't let hell lie to you. Don't let the enemy of your soul tell you that you don't have an opportunity. Because we serve a God today that's just standing here as though it were spiritual mulligans saying, will you take one? Would you, would, you, would you take a, a, new, a new start today? Would you allow me to just erase what went out of bounds? What went in the tree line? What went in the gully? What went in the pond? Will you, will you allow me to erase that? It, it never happened. I'm going to tee up another opportunity for you. See, I called Brother David up here. He's, he's our uh, ratified and elected assistant pastor. If I 
drop dead tomorrow, he'd be the first opportunity to be the pastor of this church. I said all of that just, just so you'd understand the church body made that choice. But I played golf with him. He's a pretty good golfer. We won't talk about the last time we played, but he's pretty good. There's been several times in the course of the last, well, y'all been married now, 13 years? Almost 15, but y'all making me old. Going on 15 years, I've been playing golf with him since before then. So over the last 16 years or so, 15 and a half, I have watched him as he has myself. I've watched him hit a lot of bad golf shots. He's the perfect candidate for this example because he's the type of person when, when he gets down on himself, ain't no point in trying to help him. He's too bullheaded to take help. He'll hit a hat with his daddy that said, Yep. He, he hit a ball and shank one over there out into the pond, and I'd say, David, here, just, just hit, hit another one. No, no. Throw his club in his bag and go to the cart. I ain't doing it. Now, well, come on, man. You're going you're gonna to start out hitting three. You're going to get a seven on this hole. There's no way you can do good the rest of the day. But he'll pass that judgment on himself. And still letting somebody's got a right to give him another chance. Isn't that ignorant? The laugh was good, but I was looking for an answer. Isn't that ignorant? If somebody has the ability to let you start over and you won't take it, isn't that ignorant? Boy, you just hooked yourself. it's a whole lot more less educated when your soul is in the balance and you say no God I'll figure it all out just get out of my way when he's standing here saying maybe it's not your church maybe you don't believe everything they believe maybe it's not just like that but I'm trying to give you I'm trying to draw you to take another chance One time in particular stands out to me. My wife and I were blessed. I guess 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and somebody saw the need to help send us to Hawaii for our 20th, 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 25th anniversary. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of them. And... David and Hillary, they had an anniversary too, and they worked it out where they could go. And we got to play golf at a place called Koalina. Just gorgeous LPGA championships held there several times. Beautiful golf course. And it was just going to be he and I. We had these plans, grand plans. We were going to have a cart. We were going to just ride across the countryside in the mountainous area of just us hitting the golf ball. And Chewing the fat. We got there and they'd teamed us up with some people. And it's no secret that 
Brother David doesn't do well teamed up with people in a big hurry that he don't know. Before the first shot, he was complaining. He was mad. Well, I wish I could just go ahead and play. And I'm like, man, this golf course is full. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to play with these people. We couldn't hardly understand them. If you've been to Hawaii, there's a huge Asian culture. Nothing against them. We just couldn't understand them much. Communication wasn't real. And, and he got more frustrated by the moment. And I kept saying, man, just hit another ball. No, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. And we left there when he shot about 178. Stayed mad all day. Didn't get nothing but a sunburn. All because of the setting. There'll be people who leave here today if you're not careful. You won't leave any better than you came because the setting is not right for you. It's not your favorite evangelist, your favorite song, your perfect church, your perfect environment. Something has distracted you. Let me just draw your attention to an old rugged cross for a few moments. And a voice in pain. Although in sorrow, also in victory, crying out over your sins and over your sickness and over all of your problems. It is finished and giving you a perfect opportunity to put all that old stuff behind you and enter into the newness of life here's my question as the singers come they're going to lead us in song I wonder if there's one person saint, sinner, friend backslider, lukewarm, guest member, no matter, no matter what is there a person in this place if the Lord would just offer you a brand new start you'd walk to this altar you'd take your coat of pride off you wouldn't care who was watching you if I was in the pew I'd be the first one at the altar right now and you'd say God if you'll offer me a new start I'll take it oh you can beat yourself up over it it might have been your fault probably was a bad swing you probably did hit it fat right, left probably did skull it hit it thin it's your fault you've accepted it just go ahead and say it it's my fault it's my fault yes life dealt me some tough cards but I didn't play them right it's my fault but if God will give me a new start today you could walk to this altar and tell the Lord that you will take that opportunity and you'd repent of your sins. God, forgive me. I'm so sorry that I failed you so many times. I'm so sorry the way I have responded to my position in life. I'm so sorry. I take full responsibility and I'm asking you to forgive me of that. There's some people at the altar. I wish the rest of us would just stand together. Maybe some people need some, maybe pe people need some help to pray right now. Maybe you could stand beside somebody. Now.